Hello, and welcome to AIJ Cast, a podcast featuring conversations and performances at the intersection of art, inspiration, and justice. I'm your host, Marthame Sanders. On this episode, part four of our collaboration with Darcy Jarrett. Darcy is a pastor and a visual artist. And as we looked back on our collaboration together, we sat down to talk in Darcy's office at Park Avenue Baptist Church right here in Atlanta. So Darcy Jarrett, we are at the end of this collaboration, knowing that you and I will always find excuses to collaborate. We wrote a song together. We wrote a song. And it's out there in the world. And we also Topping have some, the charts. It is. It's topping the charts. <laughs> That's our goal. That's the idea. We want to make bank. <laughs> So we've been at this for a while. I think we first talked in February. Yeah. It was the beginning of February. So, yeah. So this is a three-month process that we've been through in fits and starts. Yeah. It feels like a big shift since February to now. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I feel like many visions and things have been hatched that sort of go along with the mm. the topic of our song. In what and sense? When we were meeting in February, I literally had a meeting the next time slot with a person who's involved with the Stop Cop City movement and was getting more connected at that mm. point. And now we just, yeah, released the song too. Mm-hmm. And... We are connecting um, with the Faith Coalition to Stop Cop City and connecting with many of the f- local clergy folk every... I'm connecting with them every week right. now. Yeah, you've been really connected with folks, yeah. And so it feels really poignant. It was interesting to me because the day that we kind of had our songwriting session, we had some phrases it's one of those things like melody and chord structure and song structure is usually what comes first to me anyway and that so that had been sitting with me for a while but like putting words to it was like a whole different ball game yeah it was definitely one of those things which i find pretty regularly in every creative process i don't come into it with a full idea or full picture And it's that plugging away at it, continuing to shift and move. I like how you described it in the last episode where you were talking about it, where we sort of went to the sanctuary to get inspiration. Because I think we were sitting similarly to where we're sitting right now. in your office. In my office at Park Ave. And we were trying to just get one stanza. Just get one idea. One idea, yeah. And... Yeah, we shifted and then shifted back. And I, I like I like that we stayed with it because it still, to me, feels like we could write six more stanzas. <laughs> well, that would put it on par with, you know, some of our inspirations. Gilgamesh. Said, here's to the state of... Well, I was thinking more like, here's the state of Mississippi, but absolutely Gilgamesh. That was my second thought. <laughs> I just mean epic poems. That's so funny. Poems that never like end. Like the Iliad or, you know... The Iliad, that's It'd be really a Homeric uh, epic, yeah. The other one that hit me as I was reflecting back on it was Masters of War, which is a great Bob Dylan song. And that has 35 verses, it seems like. And it's another one of those that just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Yeah, there's so much to say, I think. There's so many different angles to take, which is 
maybe why I was thinking after I heard the first cut of the last episode with me mm-hmm. and you and this process, my thought was, what if we leave a space open, a verse space, a blank verse, yeah, a blank verse open and said to folks, does this inspire you? What do you think? That could be really interesting. Yeah. I, think. I can imagine and hope that if it inspires other folks to write a simple little verse, mm-hmm. then the song does get 12 new verses. And... <laughs> or takes on a life of its own, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and what we'll do is we will put a instrumental version out there for people to play with if they want to in some way, shape, or form. And, and you've been having fun with the instrumental version. I have been having fun with the instrumental. In fact, so I re-recorded the whole song, and that will be coming out with this conversation and then I decided that I needed to make a pop punk version of it, which is what I do a lot of the time. And like it just, I decided I need it I just, too. It, I do. The world needed it. It needs it. So, I mean, I'm a kid of the 80s, but really kind of came into my musical awakening in the early 90s. So grunge and the MTV Unplugged things were kind of the two things. So every song has like a loud distorted guitar version and a laid back acoustic version. I feel like there are so many people that I know that can, that have a similar experience, but also because I'm a nineties kid too. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about the grunge movement and its connection to the protests that were happening in Seattle against the IMF Mm -hmm. and the world bank Mm -hmm. and how actually this Stop Cop City movement and becoming again connected to real grassroots activism for me has reminded me a lot of my awakenings wow. in the 90s Wow! around the way that the whole system of yeah. money and yeah. the world is skewed against the thriving of individuals. Yeah. And I think we just heard that message really loud and clear in it's a, such a baseline of what needs to change in the world. Yeah. We have defunded the arts in lieu mm-hmm. of policing. We have mm-hmm. defunded any meager social health care right. and mental health care safety nets in lieu of policing yeah. and military budgets. And so... I do think there's a huge connection. I'm also thinking of Rabbi David, who brought a bunch of Reconstructionist rabbis to the forest Mm. recently. And um, we got to sort of meet and connect. And that's his roots. Um, Mm. He cut his teeth in Seattle. He's still on the West Coast. Okay. Maybe the pop punk version is going to be even more popular (laughs) than the the song. The melody has just been so calming and relaxing to me in stressy times the last couple of... Yeah, I find myself playing it and singing it. It's very calming. It is. It's very calming, yeah. It is. I love how you described it. The timing and Mm -hmm. how that's... I, I don't know music stuff. Six, eight. Or some purists will tell me it's 12, eight. So I got to be careful to say that. The tempo is What six, does that eight even 12, mean? Okay, tempo. So, Count it out for me. Tell me, what does that mean? Oh, I, ooh, I like this. <laughs> Music nerd. So, so if you think about the song, it's... Here neath the canopy. And if you count that, it's 
One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. So it's six over eight, which is eighth notes, which, but really the six is the main one. But it could be 12 eight because it's just six times two. I, I hear you saying numbers. <laughs> <laughs> the clapping was good. I mean, I used to, way back in the day, it's do kind of, some it's a dance. Waltz thing. It's a waltz. So I understand that the eight mm-hmm. count is important in music, yeah. right? But I don't understand why. If you think about the note shapes, I don't know how much music education you got since we've been defunding the arts, right? Um, I grew up in a defunded arts oh, okay, scenario. Right. So, well, we won't go there. But if you're, as a dancer, the waltz tempo... So that's the threes, and it's just repeating the threes. It's the same basic tempo for our song. But the pop punk one is 4-4, four, because four, you've got to do 4-4 four, four for anything rock and roll. Okay, I- explain 4-4 four, four now. Four four every Ramon song is four four. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. Oh one time when I was a kid growing up in the nineties, my boyfriend at the time was in a band and they were like jamming out and they said oh you can sing this ramon song and let me sing right and it was this moment where i was like thinking that i was like jamming out 20 20 24 hours ago and i felt so cool and then i was like i don't hear me like i can't hear me because my voice was so high high pitched oh I really didn't recognize my own voice. Oh, interesting. Anyway, that was just a really interesting <laughs> memory because I, when I initially came into our collaboration, mm-hmm. remember I, we talked about it afterward. I was like, what are we going to talk about? And it was just kind of like a chat, get, mm-hmm. say hey again mm-hmm. thing. And I was thinking, huh, maybe I'll talk to Marthame about like my transition, which has been happening in the last like, two years Mm -hmm. three years Mm -hmm. kind of slowly so it all comes back to voice and then we made a song right and also throat chakras anyway loose association (laughs) darcy jarrett on aij cast we'll be back with more of our conversation in just a moment but first a quick word as always i encourage you to visit the aij cast website aijcast.com which is truly the best place in the universe to find out more about aij cast and to connect with our artist partners including their news, information, and products. We've got links there to Darcy and their church, Park Avenue Baptist, as well as their ministry, Art in the Image. And we've also got links to two versions of our collaborated song, We Lawny Soft Forest Bed, including the official version and a pop-punk reimagining of it. We've also released versions of those as bonus episodes on our podcast. And as you already likely know, we have much, much, much more at our website. Just go to AIJCast.com. And now, back to more of our conversation with Darcy Jarrett. I feel like this process has been really lovely. It's been cool. I think, you know, one of the things, even before we sat down and had the first conversation, you were pitching me on some ideas, which is pretty typical of how this process has gone with most of the collaborators. They've said, oh, I know what we're going to work on. And that was going to be a Lenten series, and then it was going to be an Easter series. I mean, these are some ideas that yeah. you kind of pitched. I was and trying to get double work out I know, of you. right? Why not? And then we actually sat down, and then that first question has become such a disarming question, and that was not expected. That question of what's inspiring you right now and what's calling your attention, 
all of the ideas seem to go out the window and new ideas come in. And that's happened time and time and time again in this process, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. But I expected us to do something visual art connected mm-hmm. because that's really your thing is visual art, your primary thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love visual art. And I did a piece during this time period as well. Right. And it was one that there was no moment of like, oh, what am I going to do? Is it going to mm-hmm. work? Like mm-hmm. I just had a clear vision and we did it. It was the piece for Tortuguita's yeah. birthday celebration. And sometimes now that I've done visual art so, so much, I don't have that like jumping off a cliff feeling. This might not work out. That first risky step. The risk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I'm like risky, (laughs) like I'm pretty risk averse. But when it comes to creativity, I do feel like that's an important and powerful part of the process that for me draws me back to writing a lot. Writing Mm. is very risky for me. Mm. Sermonizing is very Mm. risky for me. I feel a lot at stake and a lot of responsibility. And, and I feel like visual art can carry all of that same stuff. But for me has always been a soft landing place and a place where inspiration flows very easily. That's interesting. That makes me think of, I mean, it con- the connection for me is with improv because I love doing improv and that first step out onto the stage is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Even as much as I've done it, I'm still terrified by it. And that energy kind of keeps you going. That risk taking energy kind of keeps you going. Yeah. The other part of this is I tell people in terms of music, like I'm comfortable playing just about anything with strings and frets. So guitar, bass, mandolin, banjo, ukulele. You take away the frets like a violin or a cello, I'm lost. What's a fret? It's the bars on a guitar. You know how they're, they're those oh, uh-huh. vertical bars on a guitar? On any of those instruments. If you press your finger behind that fret, it will perfectly play that note. Uh, Whereas on a cello, it. violin, whatever, you have to find the exact point. Your finger has to be the, at the right point. Otherwise... It's a little flat, a little sharp, whatever. Oh, yeah. gosh, I really don't have a music education. I'm really happy that. But singing for me is something, I come from a family of singers. My mom's a professional singer. My sister has sung professionally. They have exquisite voices. I am a competent singer, but to sing solo is something that always gives me great pause. Always. I can do harmony. My sister and I would ride in the car for hours listening to the oldie station and be like, oh, you take the melody, I'll take the harmony, you know, like that kind of just total nerdy singer stuff. And that's always felt really comfortable for me. But to sing lyrics that I've helped write in my own voice, that's a risk for me still. No, and I thought it was so lovely. I like singing along with you on the recorded version. I've really been listening to it quite a bit. Yeah. So what's your next collaboration? Tomorrow I am meeting with Carlton Johnson and Kara, his wife, and we're starting the process. Fun. I would be very happy if people took this structure, because it's a pretty loose structure, but it's a structure nonetheless, and ran with it and did their own thing. I think it'd be really cool to see what people create by just sitting down and saying, what's inspiring you? What can we make? What was it like when we made it? 
And during the pandemic, Cameron Johnson, Cameron and I started doing some of that with some paintings that we would mm-hmm. pass. So this was still during like, I was still very much isolated. Mm-hmm. He was working. He's been working for many years in different um, homeless service agencies like me. And we're both painters. And so we would pass back and forth a painting, but we pass back and forth and we've done some collaborative paintings together. Yeah, I love collaboration as a modality. And yeah. more and more, I've been like wanting to do co-preaching and collaboration in that way. Yeah. Thinking about the structure of the Park Ave podcast, I like the idea of maybe like deconstructing the sermonizing mm-hmm. in the talking part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's the sermon part. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we work together? How do we collaborate you published the Easter sermons mm-hmm. that we did, mm-hmm. um, which was a four-part collaboration. Yeah. It could be interesting to think about like a tool for other people to work with. How I, do you collaborate? I was part of a church in Chicago where the Wednesday night before every Sunday, the preacher would come in and say, here's the text I'm, I'm going to preach. And we would do a Bible study together and we would do a little bit of worship and then we would have communion together every Wednesday night. And then things that came out of that conversation helped shape the sermon because it was very contextual. It's like who was showing up, what kind of questions are they asking, that kind of thing. I love the thing that you're doing with and moving into with the Park Ave Sermon Podcast of after the sermon, talking to the preacher and kind of saying, what were you thinking? And then that becomes the intro for the listener to hear the sermon itself and give some context. Because part of what I love about this collaborative process is the intentionality at the end to say what happened. It's that do it, then talk about it, and then do it again. So that each time you're learning something from the process and improving upon it and realizing where the structures are missing or where the openness is helping or whatever it is. So I wonder about that of the conversation before the sermon, the conversation after is a kind of a part of that cycle. Yeah, and my hope is that it opens up the hope is there for this collaboration too, to say, mm-hmm. well, here's someone who's never written a song who was a part of writing a song. And I think when it comes to preaching the word of God, there is a care of people right. and a responsibility that good progressives and liberals have always known is important. And I believe it's important. And I believe that every one of us has a word that is important to be heard. Your wife, Elizabeth Sanders, recently created a whole worship service. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible Mm -hmm. and incredibly Mm -hmm. intentional. And as the Park Ave community moves more and more toward that, really no one person Mm -hmm. is the voice. Mm -hmm. You know, more and more folks might have that word that becomes really loud within them that they have to speak out. I think that's ultimately it. And I think that's something that I've learned in this process also is that the collaborative process also unearths gifts that we might not recognize in ourselves, that we figure out that the other person draws out of us. I can name times in multiple iterations of this where that has happened to me. I think in the process of writing lyrics, I think that happened to you. You really kind of jumped into it. You're like, I'm, I'm a poet, but I'm not a songwriter. 
you jumped in and you were throwing ideas and a lot of them stuck, right? And I have ample recordings of you singing. So, you know, if we need any evidence of that, I can (laughs) throw that out there. Uh... But it's the space to say, look what you can discover. That's, again, I'm going to go back to improv and improv. One of the things that I love to do, I got to do it this past week. I got to go be with a group of pastors up in the Northwest and church leaders. And I have these games that we play and then we talk about them. And I may have six or seven ideas as to why we're playing this particular game and what I think we're going to learn from it. And every single time, the thing that gets me is the discovery together of, oh, I noticed this or, oh, I noticed that. And every time I do this, even though I've done it a number of times now, there's a new learning for me. And it's always the thing that I didn't expect to get. And it's from the folk in the room, regardless of their level of training, because we all have experience and we can lean into that. Well, and isn't that, I don't know, I feel like that's such a metaphor for, you know, why did God create us to have a life experience? Because there is infinite, manifold, abundant, different ways that that can be lived out and experienced and known. And I really more and more see that that connecting to each other is connecting to God is the purpose Mm. and to be really present for that as well as connecting with source, whatever that source is. Darcy Jarrett, thanks for being on AIJCast again. Thank you. Let's not wait two years again. (laughs) Darcy Jarrett (laughs) on AIJCast. You can connect with them at parkavbaptist.com and at artintheimage.org. On our next episode, we start our collaboration process with Kara Fears and Carlton Johnson. AIJCast is made possible through the support of listeners like you. We can only do this work because of you, so please do take just a moment. Go to our website, AIJCast.com, root around until you find that lovely little link that says support, and you can make a one-time donation there. You can also become a monthly supporter of AIJCast over on Patreon at patreon.com slash AIJCast. And if you're socially inclined in the media world, you can connect with us on several platforms where our handle is AIJCast. Our theme music comes courtesy of our house band, Marred Fame. And right now you're listening to their pop punk version of We Lonnie Soft Forest Bed. And we are engineered, mixed, and produced by the somewhat dazed and confused Al Mudif, who loves to let us know that he's about to shift into pedantic mode with one simple word. Actually. And I'm your host, Martha Sanders, encouraging you to create some beauty of your own. And remember that the world isn't truly beautiful until it's beautiful for all. Until next time, I hope you'll paint your own canvas with justice and peace. <laughs>